Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are finishing the series, I'm Mad. How many of you guys are mad this morning? Yep. Yep. I'm hopefully, hopefully we have a lot of mad people in the building. So how many country folk do we have here? Hey, don't be ashamed. Be country, right? Yeah. Yeah. So have you ever noticed that when country people, especially when we, when we get mad, we tend to make things up? We make up things to say. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we know this, but I guess hornets are mad. Okay, they're mad, and, and, and sometimes we can be madder than they are. Like, have you ever heard someone say, I'm mad as a hornet right now, or I'm madder than a hornet right now? I was like, how do you know how mad a hornet is? It could be a nice hornet. This hornet could be having a good day, right? I don't, how do you know how mad they are? Yeah, I heard someone say, uh, I'm madder than a mosquito in a mannequin factory. <laughs> this is real. I'm not making this up. I'm madder than a mosquito in a mannequin factory. I think it's, I, and, it, and it seems to be the trend that in, in the country culture. Um, that's, I made that, if that's not a thing, we're, I'm coining that country culture. In the country culture, we just take animals and we put them in unfortunate circumstances. Like, have you ever heard, I'm madder than a wet hen? I didn't know hens didn't like water. They live, most of the time I see them, they're outside and I know it rains. And so, man, every time it rains, I'm like, man, all the hens across the world are mad right now. <laughs> but there was a moment when I accepted my countryside. Um, I was in college, I was in Tulsa, and I was working at Target, okay? And it was tax-free weekend. Everybody say, whoop, whoop, tax-free weekend, right? That's amazing unless you work in retail. It's crazy. And so I was working at Target, and it was coming up to the end of the day. And mind you, I was a cashier. And so I, I had just been standing all day. Beep, beep. Do you want your hangers? No? Okay. Beep. That's all I was doing all day. And then at the end of the day, it was coming up to close. They say, hey, no one is leaving until we clean up the store. And, and, and I need you to go fold clothes. I'm like, <sighs> so I walk over into the clothing section. I look around. It's in disarray. And this is a super target. So it's a huge clothing section. And so we're in there. We're folding clothes. And I'm like looking like, man, I'm not even making a dent. You know, and it's past time that I usually get to go home. And, and I couldn't stop myself. It just happened. The words were on my lips and my brain was thinking it, but I had no control. I said, I'm madder than a bumblebee stuck inside a water bottle. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, it just happened. And then I didn't know, but one of my coworkers was standing around the corner and I just hear this cackle. <laughs> and she goes, you're so country. I'm like, it's like, yes, yes I am. I am country, I'm not afraid of it. 
I had to ask my wife, hey, is it okay if I wear jeans, like denim jeans with my denim jacket? And she said, don't do that. Don't do that. Denim on denim is not back yet. And so I was like, okay, fine. So no matter how you say it, I hope that after this series and after today, we have a house full of mad people. And um, I want you to do something real quick. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you mad, bro? And if they are a female, go, you mad, brah? I don't know if that's how it works. I've only seen it. You're mad, bro. You see, if you really are mad, then I think it's going to move you to action. Because if you're not doing something, if you're mad about something, but you're not doing anything about it, then you're just pouting. Look at your neighbor and say, are you pouting? Because if you aren't making the difference, you're most likely just complaining about something. If you've ever lived with a roommate, you understand what I'm saying. I lived with a roommate also when I was in college and when I was in my young adult life. Um, I was in the house and I walk up. This is a real story. I'm putting myself on blast. And I see the trash can. It's early in the morning. I see the trash can. It's overflowing. And I'm like, man. These guys never change the trash can. And then I walk away. <laughs> and I come back later that evening and the trash can is still full and I'm mad. But in that moment, I, I may be mad, but really I'm just complaining because I'm not willing to do something about it. I'm not willing to go and make a difference. One of David's first exploits that we read about in the Bible was when he got mad at a giant and he did something about it. All of his friends were just there and they were complaining, but he actually did something about it. And in this series, we've been looking at David's mighty men. And today we're going to look at Benaniah or Benaiah. And most of the time I'm just going to call him Ben just because that's just a lot of vowels and syllables that should not be together. And so we're going to look in 2 Samuel chapter 23. Continuing on from where Pastor Steve was last week, and we're going to start in verse 20. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabziel, performed great exploits, struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion and struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaniah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Man, I love Ben. I'm telling you, through this whole series, I've been thinking about this, and I've, I've thought it for a long time in my life. They need to take David and all of his surrounding stories, and they, they need to make a Netflix show. Like have just like have 45 to 50 minute episodes of just David just going and killing people and all of his people just going and like taking down giants. I'm telling you, I would watch that multiple times. I would binge it in a hurry. I, but, but Ben, he's like he's like the guy that I, I, I would want if they asked me to play one of these roles. I know I couldn't be David because I'm too tall. But, but they don't have a lot to say about what Ben looked like. And so I'm like, I could play Ben. I could be the guy to go up against a giant and go take down some people with a club. You know, I'll go fight a lion. I'll, I'll be that. I'll play that role. Right? So, so Ben, he's one of my favorite people. And I would say Ben was one of David's guys. 
Now, let me tell you what I mean when I say David's guys. Have you ever had something that you needed done, and then someone say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know a guy. I know a guy, right? So this was David's guy. Benaniah was one of David's guys. And there's three things I want to take away, and I want to give you a little bit of backstory. Benaniah was the leader of the Carathites and the Parathites. The Carathites were described as like, I, now I got, I, this, these aren't my words. These are people much smarter than me. They were described as executioners and runners. Just think about a bunch of David Borns just running around in the Bible times, just doing everything they need to do. Because later you can see, you can look at ben, Ben's life, and when he, he was serving Solomon, David's son, Solomon needed someone taken care of, and he called Ben. Like, Ben, hey, Joab is messing up. I need you to go and strike him down. The Bible's words, not mine. So Ben knew how to get jobs done. And these were, so Ben and I, he was over the Carathites and the Parathites, and these were David's most trusted men. See, if I was going to put it in today's terms, it would be, in essence, the secret service. David's secret service, these men that were his bodyguards, this, this army, this, this brigade of men who were David's most trusted and the ones he kept closest to him, the ones that protected him. And, and we see this, and it takes me to my first point. If we want to make a difference, we must be devoted. See, this ties directly in with, what, with what Pastor Steve was talking about last week. Devotion goes past loyalty. How many people are, are thankful that you are loyal? You have friends that are loyal. But devoted goes a step further. Further, You see, the, the, the devotion requires faithfulness. You can say, you know what, God, I am loyal to you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going I'm to trust you all the days of my life. Yes, that's good. I believe you. But are you faithful? Are you devoted Will you obey God whenever he asks you, even when it's inconvenient? You can say, yes, God, I'm never going to forsake you. I'm with you all the time. I'm, I'm going to obey you. But, but will you really when it's inconvenient? What I mean by this is, is if God needs a job's done, can he count on you? Are you going to be ready? You see, it said in the Bible that Ben killed a lion on a snowy day. I don't know a lot about killing lions, but I can imagine that killing a lion on a snowy day isn't the best technique, right? Because if you think about it, a lion on a snowy day in the wintertime, they're more hungry than they are in the summertime because there's not a lot of animals, right? And so that means anything that comes into my way, the lion is ready to eat it. The lion is more, a little bit more ferocious. The lion, the lion is a little bit more angry. And so Ben goes and he goes and kills a lion. And see, and see, it's a general belief that this lion had ventured into a town and was causing a lot of problems and was hiding out where they keep their food because he knew that there would be other food there or maybe it was just warmer there. And so this lion was in town. And so, so Ben went to go and kill this lion. I'm going to tell you, if, if God asked you to go kill a lion right now, would you be ready? I'm going to tell you, for, for Ben, he probably had to be keeping it tight on a regular basis to be able to like, you know what, I'm just gonna go fight a lion. It's not like, okay, hold up, I need to go to the gym real fast. 
I need to go stretch, you know, make sure that I'm strong enough to go fight this line. But he was ready at a moment's notice to do whatever it was he needed to do. He went into the pit to kill a lion, so that shows us something. He didn't try to ambush a lion in like an open field. He went into a pit, and I don't know what the pit looked like, but I'm telling you, I don't want to be in an enclosed area with a lion. He went into this pit, and it shows us that his, his decision was all out. His decision was absolute. He's like, either I'm going to die or this lion is going to die. So how many devoted people do we have like that in the body of Christ that are willing to be all out, all or nothing? It's like either, either this is going to be successful or not. It's not up to me. It's up to God. This is where Ben was. This is where Ben lived his life. He had to live his life devoted to God because I'm not going to, if you're willing to go toe to toe with a lion, then you are ready to meet God at any moment. You got to be ready. And so this brings me to my second point. If you want to make a difference, you got to be different. That's the secret sauce right there, right? That's something that you never heard before. You got to be different. See, Ben, he was different. Not only did he have it in his mind that he wanted to go toe-to-toe -toe against a lion in a pit on a snowy day, Look, I don't want to get outside of my house on a snowy day. Okay, I don't want, I don't, I want to stay wrapped up in my, in my covers on a snowy day. I don't want to go anywhere. But he went to go fight a lion. But not only did he do that, he went to fight a huge Egyptian who had a spear and all he had was a club. Now, in today's time, and probably in the time that Ben was alive, if somebody had a spear and you were going to fight them, you would want to get a bigger spear, right? I know that's what I would want to do. If I, was, if I had my weapon of choice and I was going to fight someone that was bigger than me and they had a spear, I was like, okay, I'm going to go get me a bigger spear. But Ben, he had a club. A club. That's not smart. That's different. We need some different people in the body of Christ. See, being different stems directly from your devotion. Because that's where you get God's nature in your devotion. That's where God speaks to you and tell you, tells you his heart and tells you the things that, that are on his mind, tell you, tells you the things that he's in, interested in. That's where that happens. And God's ways are different than our ways. His thoughts are different than our thoughts. It says it in the Bible. God's ways are higher than our, our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so if we're not spending time devoted to God, then we're not getting that. A lot of times in our devotion, we end up going through and look, hear me, this is not wrong. This is not wrong. We go through and we have our Bible plan on our YouVersion app. Okay, we go through and like, oh yeah, this is a good five-day Bible plan. We're going to do it. You're going to read, read a little bit, and you read a couple scriptures, and then you'll be done, right? But I'm telling you, if that's all that it is, if you're only going into your devotion listening to the writer 
of a devotion, then you're going to get what they are. You're not going to be much different. Am I telling you that having a, the devotion and reading a devotion is wrong? No, I'm not. Do not hear me say that. That is good. I, I read a devotion just yesterday. It's, it's not bad. It's, I, it's a great practice. But we have to get past the devotion. We have to get past the words on the page. And we have to get to the point where we're going to go, you know what, I'm going to be a little bit different. And I'm going to listen for what God has to say. Not just what the writer of this devotion has to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go into my devotional time and I'm gonna, I want to meet God. I want to meet the author of the universe, not just the writer of this devotion that I picked up at Mardell. And hear me, that's not wrong. That's good. I'm glad you have a devotion. I'm glad you have a private time. But let me tell you this. You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it, but it's okay because I'm different. I can imagine, let's, let, me, let me go back to this. I can imagine that David didn't get ready to slay a giant, didn't get ready to, to win a battle against the Philistines by just practicing using his slingshot five minutes a day before he brushed his teeth. I can imagine that Ben probably didn't work on his fighting skills for just five minutes a day before he went to bed. I imagine they probably spent a little bit more time training. They probably spent a little bit more time learning how to do, learning how to use a slingshot, learning how to use a club, learning fighting skills, learning all of these things. I imagine they spent more than five minutes. And if you want to be different. If you want to have a mind like Christ, if you want to think the way Christ does, it's going to take a little bit more than five minutes. If you only have five minutes, is that wrong? No, it's not wrong. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you if you only have five minutes and you're spending five minutes a day. Good job. God bless you. I'm so glad that that's happening because that's probably more than the majority of people walking around the world. But if you want to be different, if you want to change the world, then you're going to have to do some things different than what the world is doing. You're going to have to do some things different than what everyone else is doing. If you want to be different, you're going to have, you're going to, have to grow. And if it's easy, if it's something that you can easily fit into your schedule, then it's not going to change anything. It's not. If you want to be different, that means you're going to have to do some things different. That means instead of fitting God into your schedule in the morning before you brush your teeth or at night before you go to bed, then you're going to have to change the way you do your schedule. You're going to have to make your schedule fit into God. Yes. I knew you weren't going to like it. And also, I'm not telling you that it has to be something that you have to have an hour every day spending in the word, spending in the word of God. I'm not telling you you have to do that either. But if you want to go deeper, then maybe two or three times a week, you're going to, have to say, you know what, I'm going to get up early and I'm just going to sit in the presence of God and listen for God's voice. Yeah. Say, be different. Say, if it's, if it's easy, we aren't changing. 
See, when we're, bit, when we're different, that means we're not doing the thing that the world is doing. That means we're not fighting the way the world fights. See, the world likes hoisting. If the world likes hoisting spears and throwing spears to, to, to win their battles, then maybe we should be a little bit different. And instead of fighting our battles the way the world does, we should fight our battle in private, in our devotion, because we know that we have a God in heaven who fights for us. That's different. That's different. When someone comes against you on social media, instead of just responding back, maybe you just let it sit there or just go and delete the post and then go into your prayer closet and pray for that person. Who's doing that? Who's doing that? That's different. That's what you call taking a club to a spear fight. Parents, do you want your kids to be different? Say amen if you do. Okay? I want my, I want my kids to be different. Jess and I, we talked about this, and, we, and we, when we got married and we started building our family, we were like, we want to be a family that prays together and worships together on a regular basis. But let me tell you, that's hard. Because before we even had a kid, I know it wasn't long. We only had about 11 months. But before we had a kid, it was hard for me and her to do it on a regular basis. It was hard because we, we would get into our lives and we, we would we'd be going and be like, man, this, this time works better for me and this time works better for her. And then we have our own private time. And, and that's good. You need to have your own private time where it's just you by yourself. But there also has to be a time that you make to where it's you and your whole family together. And let me tell you, that's hard. It's something that we still have not perfected. But if you want your family to look different, then you're going to have to be different. And we know that. And so we're going to have to do some things that are uncomfortable. We're going to have to wake up earlier. <laughs> but that's different. We got to be different. If we want to defy the norm, you got to be different. You see, it's interesting as we look at all of these things that David's mighty men did. A lot of these stories sound familiar, right? Benaniah killed a lion. He killed a lion. Who else killed a lion? Uncle David killed a lion, right? Benaniah killed a huge Egyptian. They said that this Egyptian was five cubits tall. That means he was at least seven five. Goliath was six cubits tall. He was at least nine feet tall. So there's some similarities. I know it's not exactly the same, but it's okay. If you're OCD, it's okay. It's close enough. How many seven-footers do you know? And how many seven-footers who carry spears do you know? And would you want to go fight them? But think about it. Ben and I had killed someone who was almost a giant. He killed a lion when he didn't have to. And it's also funny that when Ben and I had killed that huge Egyptian, he used his own spear to do it. And so my last point is be like the king. See, Ben, he was like King David. Because we can look at David's life and, 
And, and he was one of the most devoted men in the Bible. Think about it. He was ready for whatever God wanted from him. He was, he was, David was God's ultimate guy. If God needed something done, he knew, I got David. I got David. Oh, we need a new king over the Israelites? Oh, yeah, I, got, I know a guy, David. Why did he know he had David? Because David was devoted. David was in, in the field doing his job. Remember what Pastor Steve talked about last week? You're not working for man. You're working for the Lord. So David knew that already when he was shepherding. He was working for the Lord. And so, yeah, I know a guy because he's devoted. I know a guy because he's different. I saw him fight a lion. I saw him fight a bear when he didn't have to. If he was like everybody else, he would have just let that lion have that sheep. He would have just let that bear have that sheep. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm not fighting a lion. I'm not fighting a bear. I don't have to do that. It's just one sheep. But David was different. And God knew that. It says in the Bible that David was a man after God's own heart. David was different. And Benaniah was like the king. Benaniah was like David. Just like David used Goliath's own sword to cut off his head. Benaniah used the spear that belonged to the Egyptian. It's like, yeah, I'm coming to fight you and all I have is a club. But you see that spear right there? That's what God is going to use to win this battle. Benaniah was like the king. And I don't think it was an accident that David chose Benaniah to be over his guard, to be over his security, to be the one leading his secret service. Because I think David wanted him close because he was most like him. David saw Ben and I, he's like, you know what? You're like me. I see myself in you. I want you close. I want you close. I trust you. You're devoted to me. You're different than everyone else. I want you close. We need to strive to be like the king. Because just like Benaniah was able to use the enemy's weapon against him, so will our God work all things for the good of those who love him. That means whatever battle you're fighting right now, what the enemy is using against you, God is saying, hey, don't worry, keep fighting because I'm about to turn this around on his head. I have the enemy right where I want him. The very thing that he's using against you is gonna be the thing that brings you victory. Maybe you'll get it this way. You see, you may feel like you're in a pit on a snowy day fighting against the lion and all of your circumstances are against you. 
Like this is not working. But let me tell you this. I wasn't there. I wish I could be there. I wish they had instant replay of what happened inside of that pit so I can see what Ben and I was doing. But the only way we lose our battle when we feel like we're in the pit on a snowy day, the only way we lose is if we quit fighting. How many of you guys ever watched the Discovery Channel? I love the Discovery Channel, National Geographic. I love it. I watch it all the time. I, I, I really like the ones that have the lions and they're chasing down the buffalo. But there's something that you need to notice. There's something that I, I noticed and, and, and I have yet to see a video of a lion taking on a buffalo head on. Every time I see a lion take down a buffalo, what is the buffalo doing? He's running away. I've seen videos of buffaloes whenever they realize, you know what, I have horns. I'm gonna turn around and face this lion. The lion jumps back. And then when the buffalo realizes, you know, I got a herd of people beside me, I'm not alone. He gets a little bit more brave and the lion starts to back down. But if the buffalo runs away, that's when the lion can grab his leg, can trip him up and can defeat him. Why am I telling you all of this? Do I want you to be smarter in science? No, I'm telling you to keep fighting. Don't run away. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have horns, you have a weapon that isn't like the weapon of the enemy but it's stronger and you're not alone. God is with you and he is with you always. So keep fighting. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm madder than Ben and I in the pit with a lion. And if they didn't say anything, I want you to look over and tell them, you know what, quit pouting and get mad. You see, we can't find the strength. We can't find the strength to win the battle if we don't first have our devotion, our devotion to the King. Because that's where we hear His voice. That's where He tells us, I'm with you always. That's where He tells you, I give you perfect peace. Keep your, eye, keep your mind on me. That's where he gives you your strength. That's where he tells you how you can be different. And that's where you become like your king. It all starts, it all works together. So if you're mad, what are you doing about it? I hope one of the first things that you wanna do is you get inside your prayer closet and say, God, I saw this and it made me mad. I need to make a difference, but I don't know what I need to do. Go to your prayer closet and listen. Will you stand with me? Father, I thank you for each and every person here in this room. And God, I thank you that we have a church full of mad people. And God, I just pray that right now that you are giving us a deeper hunger for devotion for you. 
to where we step past just being loyal, but we step into being faithful and that we become more and more like you. To where we do not look like the world, where we do not fight like the world, but we fight the way you called us. Because we know our strength alone lies with you. And Father, so if there is anyone here and they can say, you know what, I haven't been devoted. I haven't been spending as much time as God has been, as you have been calling me to. I've been getting by with the minimum. And maybe you say, you know what, I haven't even been doing the minimum. God is here and he forgives you. God, I just pray that you forgive us for not leaning in and for not spending time with you and not being devoted to you. And I, I thank you right now that you are, you are setting us up to get back on track and to live our lives the way you've called us to in Jesus' name. Because we want to be devoted. We want to be different. But most of all, we want to be like you. In Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.